Hi, this is Kylie Cable. Welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. Uh, I am excited to present today another Faith O'Shea reading of a Pamela Harlow story. The story was originally called The Spy Who Pegged Me, and it was an attempt to do kind of a British spy, kind of like an Emma Peel sort of thing. Um, and the problem was that Amazon did not like the, the term pegged me, so I had to change the title of the book. It became One More for the Road. It takes place in the bar. I don't like the new title. So I'm naming this audio The Spy Who Pegged Me, even though the book of it is called One More for the Road. So here is the great Faith O'Shea with the reading of One More for the Road or The Spy Who Pegged Me by Pamela Harlow. Emma stood up and walked to the bar, where she was delighted when Lauren served her. Hi, Lauren said, looking around nervously. She was a young blonde girl who was permanently on the end of a lot of attention. She had large breasts which drew attention to themselves and a slim, perfect figure. Emma smiled at her sympathetically. How's it going? Emma asked. Okay, I think, said Lauren, still looking on edge. Thanks so much for coming, she whispered. Emma nodded. It's a pleasure to be here, she said calmly, scanning the environment again. She could see it more from Lauren's point of view now. Men were leering at her. Some of them didn't even try to disguise their stares as they smirked at Lauren's chest, throwing beer into their mouths. In a bid to maintain discretion, Emma ordered herself a gin and tonic and casually returned to the table she'd come from. She put her book down in front of her and sipped at her drink. As Emma sipped her drink, she became aware of an increasing amount of eyes on her. She was the only woman in the pub, she noticed, apart from the staff there. The men seemed to be nudging each other, talking about her. One of the men in their young thirties were blatantly talking about Emma in front of her. Oi, librarian, one of them shouted, prompting laughter from the rest of them. Emma raised one eyebrow, refusing to make eye contact with them. Ooh, she thinks she's too good for us, another man said. Mrs. Librarian, Mrs. I like books, so I don't need to talk to people like that. The laughter was getting louder. Well, I'd still bang her, another voice said. Too right, said another. Fuck the brains right out of her. Emma looked round. Nobody seemed at all phased by what they were hearing. Separate groups of men continued their conversations. Lauren tried to hide her anxiety as she avoided looking at Emma from behind the bar. 
Emma picked up her book again. Before she had half digested a quarter of a page, one of the men who shouted at her walked towards her table. Hello, love, he said. Can I buy you a drink? Emma looked up at the man. He was a scruffy, obviously working-class man with a high-vis jacket on and torn, muddy jeans. He had brown hair, stubble all over his face, and his hands were covered in white paint. No, thank you, Emma said. I have one. She pointed her head towards her gin and tonic. I'm Mike, he said, ignoring her obvious rejection. I like a woman with some brains. He heard laughter from across the room. His mates were listening. He turned to them, grinned, and then shifted his gaze back to Emma. Let me buy you a drink, love, he said. I don't mind getting you a gin and tonic. I'll even get you a double if you want. No, thank you, Emma said. Secretly, she was excited by his persistence. It might mean that her job would begin sooner than she thought. She hadn't expected the bar to be this bad, she thought. In her offer to the female staff, she'd catered for several uneventful trips there. She might be able to offer them a reduction in their final payment. Mike sat on the chair next to Emma. Hey, you love, he slurred. You like... Books, then? He put his hand on her thigh, making her start a little. Emma tried to brush his hand away, but he gripped on. Could you please remove your hand from my thigh? Emma roared. Again, many people in the pub would have heard this, but nobody asked it. She repeated it, shocked by the lack of impact her words were having on those in close proximity. She looked up at the bar. Next to Lauren stood the pub's manager. He was a tall, muscular man in his mid-twenties. He seemed to talk to Lauren's chest, Emma noticed, and she could sense the condescending tone in his voice, even from across the room. She shook her head, and then tried again to remove Mike's hand from her leg. Please, she said, even louder than before. Could you remove your hand from my leg? Lauren looked over at her, as did the manager. Neither reacted. Lauren turned to stare Mike in the face. What is it? Emma said. That makes you think that you can put your hands on me. Mike's eyes lost focus as he tried to stare into hers, smiling drunkenly. Because I want to, he said in a deep, gravelly voice. Emma elbowed him in the chest, shocking him into taking his hand off of her. She grabbed the back of his head and forced it violently onto the table, instantly knocking him out. 
People were staring now, and the manager himself looked anxious. Lawrence slid past him and walked towards the front door. With the assistance of the waitress, who had smiled at Emma before, they locked both the front door and the doors leading to the beer garden. All eyes were on Emma and the unconscious man beside her. Jesus, the landlord said. Bloody hell, said another man. You mad bitch. Look at him. He's out cold. What the fuck? Emma rubbed her hands together and stepped out of the chair. She looked down at Mike, whose head now rolled on his side on the table. He was still breathing, and she had no concerns about that, but his face looked lifeless as his drunk mouth drooled and his eyes made no real attempt to open. Nobody puts their hands on me, she said firmly, addressing the entire, suddenly speechless room. After several seconds, the man who just shouted at Emma walked towards her. He glanced at Mike, assessing whether or not he was okay, and then stared at Emma. "'What the fuck did you do that for, you posh bitch?' he said. Emma stared at him coldly. He had his hand on my thigh. I asked him to remove it, but he wouldn't. As she spoke to the man, she saw his eyes fall from hers to assess her body. What began as an angry glare into Emma's face transformed to an up-and-down look at her figure. The man's face took on a different expression when his eyes met Emma's again. Oh, you're a feisty girl, aren't you? He said in what he thought was a smooth voice. Oh, she's a bitch, piped up a voice from behind Emma. A girl who needs teaching a lesson. The voice became a man whose hand quickly grabbed Emma's arm from behind her. Instantly, she turned and headbutted the man. She kneed his crotch and then slammed his head against the nearest wall. The man, who had just called her feisty, tried to grab her, but she immediately pushed his head to the floor, kneeling on top of him as he lay beneath her. Removing a pair of black zip-ties from her right boot, she quickly secured his wrist behind his back. Men were now looking for the exits, and they were beginning to realise the doors were locked. An air of anxiety filled the room. The manager ran out from behind the bar. He was red-faced and sweating heavily. He barged up to Emma, yelling, Get out of here, you mad bitch! He pointed at the locked door, seemingly oblivious to the fact that it was closed. Get out! he shouted, his voice breaking a little. Get out of my pub before I call the police! Emma looked defiantly into his eyes. Why? she asked. She was enjoying herself. 
Her heart was racing and blood was rushing to her head. She felt smart and strong. Emma was ready to take anybody on. Why? the manager shouted. Get the fuck out of here! Because I said so! That's why! Because you're fucking crazy! He grabbed Emma's arm whilst trying to keep his body distant from her. He started to drag Emma towards the door, which she let him believe he was doing for a couple of seconds. As soon as the manager's confidence had quickly grown and he let his guard down, Emma grabbed onto his arm. She immediately twisted his arm behind his back and dragged him to the bar. She bent his body over the bar and leaned over him, shouting into his ear. What's the problem, Christopher? She saw the shock in his eyes as she said his name. Lauren and the two waitresses were wide-eyed as they stood together, watching Emma dominate their boss. Emma looked up at the three women and nodded at them. These women, she said, twisting Christopher's head so that he faced them, have been physically, verbally, and sexually assaulted in here, right in front of your eyes. Did you try to kick anyone out then? Christopher shook his head. He was shaking, and his face was burning red. Well, repeated Emma. Christopher shook his head again. Do you really think it's okay, Emma said, to treat women as though they are possessions or toys? No, Christopher stammered. I, I don't. Honestly, I, I don't. Emma nodded at him and then pushed his head down again, twisting his arm back further. Ouch! Christopher winced, despite himself. His teeth were gritted and his forehead wrinkled up. She twisted his arm even further. No, no, Christopher yelled. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm truly sorry. Please stop. Emma kept her hand firmly on his arm. Oh, I'm not sure you're sorry, Emma said. Yet. As Emma stood with one hand holding Christopher's arm to his back, a man who had previously been sitting alone, sipping a beer, walked towards the bar with an empty glass. Who's going to get me a drink then? he asked. Lauren looked at Emma and shook her head violently. Emma looked at the man, intrigued. He was an arrogant-looking man in his early thirties. Like the first one she'd knocked out, he had stubble around his face. He also had long, dark hair and a leather jacket. Beneath the jacket, he wore a white vest and he had black leather trousers on. Unlike the other men in the pub, this man looked big and genuinely strong. Through the vest, 
Emma saw well-defined pegs, and the leather jacket drew attention to his broad shoulders. He smiled at Emma. I'm jolly, he said. Jolly good cock. Emma tried not to laugh out loud. The man looked down at his groin, then looked back up at Emma. I know what this woman wants, he yelled, addressing the rest of the pub as much as, if not more, than Emma. Emma glared at him. And I'll happily give it to her, he added, patting his crotch above the leather trousers. Emma let go of Christopher and turned to face Jolly head on. And what makes you think that this woman wants it? she asked. She was feeling angry now, genuinely angry. The men around her still seemed so sure of themselves, so entitled and so smug. Jolly smirked at her. Oh, come on, Jolly said. It's obvious. Nobody behaves like you unless they're sexually frustrated. Emma stared at Jolly in disbelief for several seconds. Although he was muscular and good-looking in a rebellious kind of way, she struggled to comprehend how he could be so certain that she'd want his good cock. She shook her head and looked away. As she turned, Jolly walked straight forward and grabbed Emma. He pulled at her blouse, leading her to grab his arm but she couldn't control it with the ease she'd managed with the other men. He was strong, and his grip was iron. She struggled desperately to twist Jolly's arm, but his grip was tight. He bared his teeth at her as she fought against him. The guys in the pub were cheering on their newfound champion. Emma need Jolly's crotch again but he hardly winced. It's like kneeing a boulder, thought Emma. She punched him suddenly beneath the ribcage, shocking Jolly and making him gasp. But still, he immediately regained his hold on her again. Emma twisted her arm around Jolly's neck and quickly ran around him. With him locked inside her arm, she seized the moment. She used the bar for leverage and got him in a rear naked chokehold. Applying pressure, she cut the blood supply to his carotid arteries until he passed out with his upper body still resting on the bar. She looked back around at Mike and the other man, still sleeping. Emma smiled and nodded at Lauren and the two waitresses. I think it's time, she said. Lauren ran over to Emma, with the two waitresses following her. This is Sarah, she said, pointing to the waitress on her left. Like Lauren, she had long blonde hair, her breasts were more modest, and she had an entirely slim figure to match. This is Roxy, 
she said. Roxy was the one Emma had seen before. She had brown curly hair and sparkling green eyes. Emma stood over the unconscious man, and Christopher stood helplessly with his head against the bar before Emma. He was just so embarrassed by his helplessness, he feigned sleep before the pub. He closed his eyes just like the unconscious man in a bit to fool those he knew and in an attempt to keep Emma's eyes off of him. Jolly good cock, said Emma, lifting his body from the bar with the help of Laura. Today, you're going to be Julie Goodcock. They dragged the man across the room to a large table. I'll get the stuff, said Roxy, her eyes sparkling even more than usual. I'll come with you, said Sarah. There's a lot to carry. Roxy and Sarah disappeared behind the bar and then came back with a large carrier bag. Roxy pulled out a red, sparkly dress. Cute, huh? she asked the room. Nobody dared to reply. Very, said Emma, looking at Roxy knowingly. With Jolly laid on his back on the table, it was easy for Lauren to take off his boots and pull down his leather jeans. He wore blue, baggy boxes beneath them, which prompted a few suppressed laughs from the onlookers in the bar. Sarah and Roxy together took off his leather jacket and white vest, whilst Emma looked through the bags they'd brought through. Perfect, she said, as she held up a makeup bag. Oh, there is everything we need and more in here. Good job, girls. She rifled through the bag some more and exclaimed with glee as she held up two small padlocks. And plenty of these, she said excitedly. Oh, fantastic. Just perfect. Great choice on the shoes, too. Emma picked up the red sparkly dress and walked towards Jolly and the three girls. He wore nothing but his boxes now, revealing just how hairy his body was. Well, Emma said, this just won't do. Does anybody have any veed? Got some, Lauren said, running to the bags. Here, look, I just knew we'd need some. Lauren passed the small tube of hair removal cream to Emma, who squeezed some straight onto Jolly's chest. She spread the cream all over his body, including his face and his legs, and then quickly pulled his boxes down. She threw them on the floor and then put the cream around his pubic hair, Pretty soon, our Julie will be smooth as can be, she said, firing a quick warning glance across the others in the room. Nobody dared say a word. After several minutes, Lauren wiped Jolly's chest down with some makeup removal wipes, 
the hairs started to come off, making his skin appear considerably smoother. Yay! said Lauren, as she took the hair away from Jolly. Almost ready for that dress now. Emma nodded at Jolly's body. Ready, I think, she said. Roxy and Sarah lifted Jolly's body up slightly as Emma approached him with the dress in her hand. She pulled it over his back and chest, then Lauren smoothed it down over his thighs. Oh, looking good, Lauren said, patting Jolly's now smooth leg condescendingly. After a few seconds of admiring how much better Jolly looked in that sparkly red dress, the girls decided it was time for makeup. Emma picked up the makeup bag again and passed Lauren a lipstick and lip liner. She took out the eyeliner and mascara herself, then gave the bag to Roxy. You too, she said. You okay to take care of the foundation, blusher, and eyeshadow? Roxy and Sarah nodded at Emma, looking into the bag, and then at Jolly's face. Great, said Emma, smiling. Lauren was already bent over Jolly, applying lipstick to his still lips. It had a shimmer to it, like the dress, and it made him look instantly prettier. As she stood back to admire it, Roxy stepped in with the foundation. She applied it first to Jolly's cheeks and then padded it around his face, making it look smooth and of an even complexion. Very nice, she said as she watched his face transform from rugged to doll-like. Sarah was immediately next with the blusher. Despite his unconsciousness, Jolly's nose wrinkled as she tickled him with a large makeup brush, rosying his cheeks and adding to the doll-like qualities of his new looks. Emma climbed up on the table, straddling Jolly, and leaned down to draw on his eyeliner. She applied a thick layer on top and beneath his eyelids, and then lengthened his lashes with mascara. Definitely starting to look better, she said as she stepped off of him. Lauren nodded and copied Emma, climbing on top of Jolly. She carefully drew lip liner around his mouth, drawing more attention to the redness of his lips and giving them more definition. Then she stepped off and smiled at Roxy. What color eyeshadow are we going for? She asked, looking at the large, varied palette in her hand. Well, said Roxy with a wicked smile, I was thinking glamorous gold. I know it's a bit out there, but it'll go with the sparkles of the lipstick and the dress. What do you reckon? Yes, said Emma enthusiastically. Gold sounds perfect for this little queen. 
Roxy used a small pad to collect gold eyeshadow and then applied it all over Jolly's lids. He remained still, lying flat on the table as Emma and Lauren put his bare feet into black, pointy, high-heeled shoes. They had a buckle to lock them on and were indeed the finishing touch to his fabulous outfit. Roxy grabbed a hairbrush and with some struggle managed to pull it through his hair. After several minutes, she managed to get it looking more maintained and divided it into an equal parting. Could I get some tweezers? she asked the other three women. Lauren passed her the makeup bag, which, as well as makeup, contained tweezers, nail clippers, and various other cosmetics. She picked up the tweezers and spent some time getting Jolly's eyebrows into shape. Oh, that's better, Lauren said eventually, as she drew herself away from him. All four women took a step back, and looked at the unconscious, feminized Jolly. Lauren looked at Emma. It was unclear whether anxiety or excitement dominated her consciousness. Time? she asked. Emma nodded. Holding the bag up, Emma looked at Roxy and Sarah, who were still stood next to each other. Which one of you two would like to go first? Sarah looked at Roxy, who smiled. I'll go first. Emma passed her the bag, which she put her arms straight into. Without any rummaging, she pulled out a large black strap-on. As though she'd done it a thousand times before, Roxy attached the harness around her crotch and put her hands on her hips. As she did this, Emma, Sarah, and Lauren together turned Jolly onto his back. They pulled up the dress to reveal his bare arse, and each of them spanked it before handing him over to Roxy. Well, he is all yours. <laughs> Lauren said, laughing as they watched Roxy thrusting towards Jolly. She pushed the strap on quickly into his arse, laughing herself as the spectacle before her seemed so unreal. She smiled gleefully as she took on the role of the man, fucking the woman in front of her with her big cock. Oh, I hope you like that. That's one of my favorite stories. And uh, the book, I just think Pamela Harlow did a great job on it, and it's a terrific reading by Faith. Um, that's it for our podcast this week. It's a little abbreviated, a shorter story maybe. Next week, uh, I believe we're going to have another audio uh, from Shayla Aspasia, who is doing the um, College Changes a Guy series, book three. And also, I'm starting to reach out to some other women. Uh, I love both Faith and Shayla, but I think sometimes it's nice to have some different voices on here. So 
Um, that's kind of my hope. I'd love to have them continue to do a ton of audios for us, but I'd also like to have some different voices, which I just think is variety is the spice of life, they say. So I hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful week. I will be back next week uh, with part three of College Changes a Guy. And do us a favor, please support us. If you can, there's a way to subscribe, you know, chip in a little bit each month, as little as a dollar a month would be great. You can hit clips for sale, uh, buy these clips, that's a big help. Anything you can do, even just leaving uh, reviews, five-star review would be great. Um, I, I do this because I love it, but I also do it because, eh, frankly, I need the money, especially with taxes coming. So, appreciate the support. Have a wonderful week.